I think it's a a good move, and most people do it. It's 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 very common. Uh, Trinidad has a relatively well uh, reputation in terms of you know producing good medical students that mm-hmm. go on to these places. Star Radio. Hey y'all, what up? It's your girl Sasha Diamond. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Estat Radio. I'm super excited for this episode because I get to speak with a young man named Mikhail, and this episode is called Education, a Right to Excellence. So we chop it up with Mikhail uh, regarding his education, and he is in Trinidad and Tobago and in medical school. So it's going to be very interesting to hear about his journey and you know what it means to be an educated black man. So I want you guys to enjoy this episode. Let's get it. All right. So my name is Mikhail Dorset. I am a 23-year-old medical student from the Caribbean, uh, specifically San Fernando, Trinidad and Tobago. And I'm just really happy to be here with Miss Sasha Diamond. Hey. Okay. So I'm super excited to have you to talk about education right now because it's like a crazy time right now that I know none of us in our lifetime have ever faced a pandemic as well as a civil rights movement. <laughs> so definitely, I want to understand from you, Mikhail, how does it work for you as, you know, you are in medical school right now. And I guess the, the thing that you would like to do to come out of it is to be completely successful. So just wanting to understand from you, what is it, what is it like going to school and attending school right now and just obtaining your education during the pandemic, as well as what is the school system like in Trinidad as far as opportunity goes? Okay. Well, uh, to start off with the whole pandemic situation, um, just before everything shut down over here and before things got really bad globally, uh, I had a bunch of exams. So I was basically heading into a break, you know. Uh, but then during that break, you know, during that pandemic, we had to start back classes because the break was only two weeks. And this pandemic has been going on since like March. Still. Classes for a while were postponed, and then eventually they started back. Uh, I believe they started back on the 1st of June for me. Mm-hmm. And whereas we're supposed to be doing hands-on things, because now I'm at the clinical phase of medical school, uh, I haven't been able to have that opportunity to go into the hospitals, because as, as far as uh, the government is concerned, which is fair, you know, um, they want to keep hospitalized patients away from the general public, especially with a mass amount of students uh, going into such large numbers because each class, let's say, has about uh, like 150, 200 medical students. That's a lot of traffic to have coming in and out of the hospitals every day, interacting with patients, and then going home to their families, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though right now we don't have any Uh, active or reported community cases, it's still something to be cautious about. So I understand that. Um, However, I do think it is a a very likely cause of, uh, you know, a lack of clinical experience, which can be a problem, but we're hoping that it won't be. Mm -hmm. 
you know? so as you're as you are trying to navigate trying to you know um still get your education and also mm. following protocol with whatever this the country as well as the school is letting you know what to do how are you still being able to i guess progress in your education even though these stipulations are put in place is there anything that you're doing to make sure that you stay on your toes is there any placement as your country is opening back up, of course, um, mm. is there any placement that you're focusing on right now or that is available to you? Um, well, yeah. So right now what we're doing is that we have these uh, one month sort of uh, crash courses and each of those rotations that we would have done if we were out on the wards and in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just got done with my first month, which is my first uh, rotation that was internal med. Um, and I'm supposed to be studying psychiatry for Monday. So uh, basically the idea behind this little uh, one-month online program is that we get to work some cases with the doctors. They get to teach us some basic theoretical things that we would still have to know and that it would still, and that, and that it would still have to teach us if we were on the wards as usual. Mm-hmm. So their idea behind it is basically to take that two-month allotted clinical experience and take one month to do all of these online things and that when things get better, hopefully in a couple of months, then we will do that other month in practical experiences. Okay. Well, that's dope that that's still available to you, but yeah. being able to, I guess, focus on what the ultimate goal is. Can you kind of share with us what your personal journey has been like in your education? Like when you, what year are you in? Okay. So uh, my degree is a five-year program. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's split up into two years preclinical studies, which I've done, one year of paraclinical, which is uh, basically a transition year that sets you up for clinical work. And then there's year four and five. I'm currently in year four. Um, this is the clinical years. So you're ideally supposed to be out on the wards and, and getting that clinical exposure, dealing with patients, seeing what doctors do, and participating in those activities, right? Um, I mean, I think it, it is a significant impact, you know, but I'm not too worried about it. I, I'm hope uh, that, you know, recently we got some news that there's some movement uh, in terms of the regional health agencies being willing to let us back into the hospitals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we were uh, reaching for the worst, assuming next year, January or something along that line, um, or even further down, like June or something. But uh, it seems that we may get some movement as soon as August or next month. So what is your ultimate goal? After school is let out, what do you want to do with your degree? Um, the ultimate goal for me with my medical degree you know, I, I haven't really given too much thought into specialty as yet, but okay. because I really, I really was counting on having that clinical experience to mm-hmm. point me in a direction that I feel comfortable and in a field that I feel I belong in, you know. Um, but I, I am looking for something that provides me with a good lifestyle balance at the end of the day. Um, I'm hoping to do something maybe along the lines of neurology maybe psychiatry. And um, a big part of, of 
doing clinical, I'm sorry, Caribbean medical school is actually having to go away to specialize, you know? So um, uh, a lot of students, I would say more than half, definitely, maybe close to three quarters, uh, eventually at some point do set some sort of foreign board exams, whether it be uh, the UK uh, or the US and, and even Canada as well, of course. Is there any chance that you're planning to go anywhere outside of Trinidad or? Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely considering doing the Canadian boards as well as the UK boards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think those systems historically have, have been very close to Yes, they're quite systems. similar. It's quite similar. Yeah, yeah. you know. That's true. So um, I think it's a a good move, and most people do it. It's 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 very common. Uh, Trinidad has a relatively well uh, reputation in terms of you know producing good medical students that mm-hmm. go on to these places. Okay, and what are you as far as the contrast might be as far as education goes? Because I I'm from I have a Caribbean background as well, and from yeah. what I can see and what I've grown up on, um, the, living in the Caribbean, your education is ten times better. You guys are ten times smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say that we're slow out here, but mm. you guys do you guys do get your schooling a lot earlier than us and get into a certain a certain place in your education earlier than we do. Now, yeah. when, when you see the opportunity versus circumstance there, because your way of life is totally different from ours because you're on an island and, you know, just the agriculture, economics and stuff like that are so much that they're vastly different. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you see and how do you recognize uh, the opportunities that are given to you versus the circumstances people are in in Trinidad versus you know North America. Are you finding that you have opportunity there, but you must leave the island for greater opportunity, or how do you feel about it overall? Opportunity versus circumstance. Okay, well, uh, I'll start off by saying you know uh, Trinidad and Tobago is one of the few Caribbean islands I think that's so heavily focused on its education, you know, from basically from the point of independence way back in the 60s all the way up to now, education has always been uh, on the forefront. And uh, we have produced many opportunities. Now, with that being said, you know, it's like the old saying, you lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of people out here that feel disenfranchised and uh, that they don't have the opportunity because even though yes education is heavily subsidized and it's very affordable you know you you have access to scholarships and grants and and all those good things even though you have these things sometimes it's difficult to meet the other financial aspects how am i going to get there how am i going to pay for food how am i going to pay for rent you know and that was a big thing for me when I was considering medical school. Right. Because I said to myself, you know, uh, I really need a scholarship. Because without a scholarship, I could not afford to have an apartment, you know, close to the school. Because the school is in the north of Trinidad. I live in the south of Trinidad. Mm-hmm. To do that transport every day, you know, uh, Trinidad is like a, a, a little 
New York. It's, it's always busy and full of traffic and it's very difficult to do these things on a daily basis going from North to South Trinidad. Mm-hmm. So you need a base up on the North side, right? That's very expensive. Uh, some of the cheapest places up on that side can cost you about 2000 Trinidadian dollars into 4000 Trinidadian dollars, which is a yeah. significant amount. You know, that's, that's like about 800 Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that is a big thing. The other aspect uh, of the pursuit in education, you know? I think um, definitely, well, cost is always across the board, always an issue in any country mm-hmm. you're in. But I know definitely for a place that kind of has the expectation for you to be able to practice universally, um, such as medical school, law, stuff like that, um, for you to be able to have the opportunity to say practice in the UK, Canada, the US, um, uh, education costs are absolutely insane um, in Mm. North America, especially. And just looking at the differences between uh, a domestic student versus an international student, it's like close to impossible. It feels like when you look at the prices, although it's not impossible, it is a very hard task to take up. And as you were mentioning, you know, considering the cost of, you know, your apartment, how you're going to eat, how you're going to travel, stuff like that. um, It's an intense situation, especially if English is your second language. And you're traveling to these other countries and trying to get an education or better yourself. So right. I commend you for even wanting to, you know, take that that journey into the medical world because it is not an easy one. And the test that you're going to have to be taking to be able to practice in another country, absolute kudos to you. Because a lot of people cannot even fathom that thought or even, you know, have the backbone enough to be able to go to another country to be able to do what they love as well. So it's, 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 it's really important for you to, you know, keep that ambition alive because as a young person, a lot of people don't, um, or a lot of students do not, um, I guess they don't embody the ambition to go outside of their country. Not necessarily that it's, that it's a necessity. However, it's always a better opportunity for you to be able to do things, um, outside of your scope or what, you know, um, it's, it's a great opportunity. And I, I do, I do want to encourage the listeners that, you know, if you are attending school right now, you are in a different country uh, to my listeners in you know, uh, Dubai and Indonesia, all of these types of places that you feel are very small as far as school goes. Um, don't ever hesitate to be able to take the opportunity to travel and travel with your education. Cause as Mikhail has just, you know, um, illustrated that it's it's an important thing for you to be able to afford these things. And I imagine your focus, what is your focus like, Mikhail? Is it like, I know this pandemic's happening right now, so uh, traveling <laughs> is definitely off the table right now for education. Yeah. However, what does the focus look like for you right now to be able to focus on your studies? Oh my goodness. Um, it was a, a bit hard at first because, you know, at home, you're accustomed to having your quiet space and you want to relax, you want to enjoy your time off. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to find a, a place where you can be productive and not fall into that safety zone of relaxation. Right. I, um, I immediately, once I found out that classes were starting online and I knew I was going to be home in my house, I said, you know what? No, I need to get a desk. I need to find myself a nice quiet area. So I really try to transform my room 
into a place where, yes, I have my bed and my areas of comfort, but I also have this desk and my dedicated workspace, my, my books set on a, on a, a bookshelf, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, it really is also another of a, a mental battle of, of just having to do it. I think half because, the battle, half yeah. the battle is is the mental battle because I'm dying doing my courses yeah. online. Because now, now I've um, recognized that doing my courses online has definitely been helpful. However, I feel like I don't even want to go back to school physically. Mm. I I would much more prefer doing it online because it's at my own pace. But yeah. you have to have the discipline. If you do not have, as you said, you know, you set up your area, your comfort, your peace, um, for you to be able to, uh, you know concentrate and be consistent with your work and make sure you're producing you know correct (laughs) correct work here or being able to learn period or just be able Mm -hmm. to engage with your teachers your peers stuff like that um my suggestion as far as like just creating your solace and your space is like literally half the battle highly important because you get distracted we have our electronics we're on whatsapp we're on all these things that just take our attention away as we're reading so i do encourage any student that's listening to make sure that you guys create such a space where it's library like and you're in a, a a solid you know single room that nothing else is happening around you and just keep that space consistent um, and make it clear to you, you know, your loved ones, if you do live with others that, you know, this is the space that I need. And I would appreciate, you know, you guys respecting my space while I'm studying, because this is important to me. My degree mm-hmm. is important to me. So. Yeah. And, and building off of what you said, that laser focus and that mental want and drive is so crucial to students. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to, to want this and it helps having a family in your corner that will support you every step of the way and I know I can say this without a doubt I always say the most important things in my school journey is God firstly because I'm a very spiritual person Mm -hmm. and secondly to that is my mother even before myself because if it wasn't for her I would never have seen that vision you know so mm-hmm. I always tell people, you need to find that thing to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know? your support system looks like or your motivation is, keep yeah. it together, right? Exactly. And you're never too poor to learn, you know, and there's a million excuses you can pull out in terms of school. But once you set your mind to it at your own pace, if it takes you 10 years, you're still going to get it done. Right. And saying in saying that, you know, school isn't for everybody, but the, for the people that do want to attend school and do want to do something, you know, greater than themselves and, and be able to contribute to their community through education and stuff like that. Um, don't ever let anyone that, you know, isn't in a space where they feel like they need to go to school, discourage you from going to school if that's your path. Mm-hmm. All of our paths are different and it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, because you're not made for school or you don't want to attend school, that you should discourage anyone else uh, from attending school or getting their education because, you know, we're all different and it's a very important thing for us to be able to teach not only ourselves, the generations after us and be able to use our experiences as well as our education to be able to create that median um, for all of us to be able to com- Con, like just consistently just assess 
what we can do better, how we can be better, and, and you know, along those lines. So education, super important. And um, just stemming from that, what is your, what, I guess, what do you think about, you know, how important it is for a Black man to be educated? Wow, this, this is so important. And uh, I think we see these types of discussions becoming much more important in, in North America and in Europe, you know, places that where Black people may not necessarily be the majority or be in the positions of power. Um, for example, you know, uh, growing up in the Caribbean, you're very much surrounded by people that look like you, talk like you, sound like you, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was never really made aware of how different things are for, for Black people outside of places where they are the majority. Right. You know, uh, learning from my cousins in the States, you learn so much about what is systemic racism, you know? And even though on paper, Black people are afforded the same opportunities as white people, it's not necessarily the same thing that you get as a result. And also experiencing that firsthand through my visits, seeing communities passing through these areas, you really understand how important it is. And it is such a, if I should say, an upward battle Mm -hmm. that of course you can see why there's so much anger, you know, and resentment toward people that are just encouraging the same thing over and over again. Right. They're just encouraging the systemic oppression that is really and truly going to get everyone nowhere, especially the people that suffer the most. And getting your education because I'm I'm from Canada, you're from Trinidad as far as like being able to, as you've expressed, you know, you're around people that look like you 90% mm. of the time, right? So I'm in a place where it's completely 100% diverse and 90% of the time the person doesn't look like me. Right. So what is it like for you to receive your education? Are you seeing the education um, being given to you by people that look like you or that people that aren't from where you're from that look like you are the ones teaching you? Like, how, what does it look like in your classroom? Okay. Um, so um, on the flip side of what I just said about a lot of people looking like you, Trinidad is one, again, one of the few islands that has a high percentage of East Indian population uh, what this means is that locally, uh, when you have uh, different races, particularly representing among the same classes um, in terms of like finances and, and all of these things, back in those colonial days, everyone knows the old trick of the trade, you divide and you conquer. Mm-hmm. And this has seeded so much uh, I, I don't necessarily want to say racism, but it can be most definitely in the extreme settings, but it's, it's more of a stereotypical uh, fear, if you will, 
you know, toward the other race. And what that has done is that it has created a situation where you tend to see uh, uh, the black people go against the Indian people. So there is racial tension, you know, mm-hmm. and especially in, in terms of particular jobs and in particular fields, like the one that I am in right now, I am in medicine uh, and locally, you know, that's a, that's a thing a lot of people consider to be an Indian thing, you know? So whereas in the States and in Canada, you have black versus white, it's, it's much more of an African versus an Indian situation where you would see the Indian person more as the, the person that gets the opportunity, the person that gets to go to the bank and the, the person that doesn't have to be told how to wear their hair, mm-hmm. you know? And um, in my classroom, I can say that for my year, it was a, a very, mm, it was a very diverse year. And in terms of improvements, you know, um, medical school-wise, we're, we're seeing a shift in terms of the amount of people that come in. It's no, it's, it's no longer, quote-unquote, Indian-dominated. It's much more half-half. Um, you know, I remember one of my friends told me, anecdotally, um, that a couple of years ago, you know, uh, they would not have seen so many people of African descent within a medical school locally in Trinidad. And um, now we're seeing a lot more of that mixed culture. Okay, so as you're dealing with, as you're dealing with, um, I guess, would you, would you call that systematic racism? Or would you say that that is kind of a situation where um, it's a superior race over you? in certain circumstances in the country? Like, what would you call that? That's the interesting thing. I have no idea what you would call that because mm-hmm. to some people it is systemic racism, right. you know? And I believe that partly it is. There were, there were uh, very big Black power movements within the 70s in Trinidad and Tobago, you mm-hmm. know, protesting the rights of Black people at work and and having to change their hairstyles and straighten their hair to attain certain positions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now, uh, with the younger generation, I don't see it as much. But it is still very much alive and well and bred into the culture of our society that Black people are lesser than. And even within Black people themselves, you bring up the whole color of color, the issue, sorry, of colorism you know right so um i would call it uh a form of a systemic racism or or, a stereotyping basically where you place preference over a high colored mixed or um indian personnel It, it does happen it is a thing and i've experienced it it's just that i was never made aware of it until I was a lot older. Okay, and and are you navigating it in a certain way where you're very, I guess, aware of this? Are you paying attention to it? Or is it kind of just, it's, it's at a comfortable space right now? Hmm. I, when I really first experienced overt racism in Trinidad in my own country, 
I was really beside myself. You know, um, I was looking at apartments to rent and the landlord was of Indian descent. And, you know, she really gave me the runaround. She never plainly told me what was the issue with getting this apartment. Well, mm -hmm. one of my friends who is Indian that I was talking to, uh, she uh, told that person that that was why. You know, she's had terrible experiences with renting to people like that in the past, as, as she said. Okay. And she didn't want to have that problem again, you know. And uh, Interesting. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Uh, and this is, uh, it was beside me that that happens locally. You know, typically locally, you only see this sort of racial tension happen uh, around election times. Because again, in Trinidad and in the Caribbean, we have tribal politics. This is something that you see, particularly in Trinidad and Guyana, where you have two political parties, one that's more Afrocentric and one that's more Indocentric. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this naturally brings out the tendencies within people. That's only the, the times you really see this type of dis disagreement. But it, this being my first experience experiencing racism, you know, it, it really put it on the map for me. But I don't think it really affects how I interact with people personally speaking, because I have always had very good relations with both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot of Indian friends. I have black friends. I even have white friends and the few percentages that we have locally, you know. Um, and in terms of the young population, this is something that is not an issue, you know. Um, and then with the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, in, in terms of the Trinidadian front on it, you know, we, we see a very good response here. That people do in fact understand that even though, yes, we don't really have that white on black racism, mm -hmm. that there is still, you know, uh, Indian on black racism and there's also black on Indian racism. And that's something that we need to work on and accept. Okay, and that's, a, that's definitely an ever-growing situation because you're going to have to, we all are going to have to figure out a way to, I guess, overcome it without, you know, being negative and, and uh, creating more of a, a mass situation that's, that's, you know, butting heads. We're constantly butting heads. So I, I totally just want to be able to uh, be in a space that, you know, where whether or not you're in North America or you are in the Caribbean, um, the systematic racism as well as the community racism or just the ignorance of understanding that you are not above another color is not going to be something that is going to happen overnight, but just want to be in a space where people are open enough to have a conversation to be able to understand where did my ignorance come from? Do I have the ignorance against my own race as well as another race? It's a conversation yeah. to be had. So I do employ you if you, you know, are open to having these conversations with your friends and as young as you are, it's, it's super important because these, at your age as well as people that are younger than you that are carrying their thoughts and practices into their adulthood and when they're in their 30s and their 40s, 
these are the things that they're teaching their children. So I employ you, Mikhail, to like have these conversations with people outside of your race, even though you personally may not, I guess, have issues with any of your friends or people who are around you. It's important to know what people are thinking around you. So opening up the table to have a conversation with your friends or people closest to you about what, what do you guys think about this? Or do you guys think you have a problem with so-and-so not to create issues between you, but to more open up a table to be comfortable enough to have that conversation, to educate each other. Cause they may feel a certain way about, you know, for example, being an Indian in Trinidad and you feel a way about being a black person in Trinidad. What does it look like for the both of us? Can we come together? Like why, why do we feel ignorant about this situation and kind of, you know, come together. And I'm hoping that that's a conversation that continues to be, you know, had amongst different races and the diverse races, but you'll definitely have a different time (laughs) when you're in (laughs) UK and North America, because it's, it's like you have hundreds of different cultures as opposed to two or three. Right. Right. So this is the thing that I, that we always talk about locally at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, globally, you know, we're minorities. Mm-hmm. Why are we fighting each other? There's, sure. there's a, a much bigger thing out there to to really take on, you know. Well, it's it's going to be something that is is just a like I said, an evergreen conversation. It's not something that's going to just you know go away. We all need to understand each other, but right now we are trying to make sure that we as as Black people and the Black culture are not being brutalized because of our skin color and because we're um, the, the opposition is feeling uh, very threatened just by our skin color. That's, that's the, that's the, the civil rights movement right now. So exactly. hopefully I, we're, we get to a better place. Yeah. And I, I definitely do as much as I can locally to raise awareness on this mm-hmm. because it's something that I feel so strongly about, you know, um, coming into my later teens and early 20s when when these experiences started to come to my air from other people as Mm -hmm. well you know because i may not have had that experience but a lot of my darker skinned uh brothers and sisters out there would have had that experience and, and it's something that we definitely need to work on it's going to take time just like you said racism did not happen overnight and so it will not leave overnight right but it is something that definitely will improve absolutely and and you're taking the first step by getting yourself educated and you know believing in yourself so it's it's i i give complete kudos to you to just continue your journey and try to overcome all of those obstacles because it's definitely not an easy one and especially you're in the medical field um that is not something easy to navigate anywhere in the world so (laughs) it's definitely not getting handed to you so kudos to you Mikhail, for taking that step and becoming an educated black man absolutely thank you thank you yes so we're coming up to the portion of the show that's called open up so it's an audience submitted question on a hot topic so the hot topic that the audience member chose was being able to complete the balance of just living your life and also following your dream so not necessarily school but knowing that you're taking steps towards it, the audience member asked, what balance do you find yourself taking when you're trying to figure out your work, home, and personal life? Oh, wow. That's an amazing question. 
And uh, personally, this is something that I, I tend to struggle with, uh, especially in my early years of, of medical school. And even now, you sometimes get lost in the amount that you have to do. And so this ends up being the only thing that you do, you know, but you have to force yourself to take those breaks. And when you're taking those breaks, it's really just about doing what you would have done before you were a student. So if before you got really busy, you liked gardening, maybe you decide, well, this is something that I'm going to do in my little off time, you know? Um, and for me personally, what I like to do, I always gravitate towards a television show, a show, or uh, right now I have a garden that I just recently started. And um, I'm, I'm hoping uh, to start back exercising, you know? And I, uh, with my relationship with exercise has been when I'm busy, I don't do it. And when I'm not busy, I do it. But I, I'm really working on finding that sweet spot where I always do it. Nice. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of pushing yourself, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one to be able yeah. to maintain it. But where I think I would like to get to as far as exercising is, you know how the people that do exercise do it when they're upset or when they're agitated about something? I need to get mm. there. Yes. Because they're the fittest people out here. <laughs> it's true. People who are able to channel their anger and frustration into physical activity are blessed, mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that we can all learn to do. Absolutely. Because channeling is an art. It's an art <laughs> form, absolute yeah. art form. So it's definitely a mental, uh, a mental discipline that we all need to be able to adapt to. <laughs> so yes, if that's what you got to do, figure it out, Kale. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely need to do the same and just discipline any type of frustration, anger, just whatever. I'm stumped at something. Just try to exercise. It has yeah. to be that way. But yes. Okay. Okay. Dope. So thank you for that answer. And we're coming up to close to the close of the show. But before we do, uh, this, mm -hmm. this portion of the episode is called Listen Up. So whenever I have a guest, I ask them to choose a song that best describes their vibe or energy right now in their life and career. So is there anything that you can think of as far as songs go that either uplift you, put you in a space where it keeps you focused or just your overall playlist? Is there anything that jumps out Ooh. at you? Hmm. Oh, um, well, lately, um, one of the most inspirational songs I've been listening to actually uh, recently just got released. It's a collaboration between Lady Gaga and Elton John. It's called um, Sign From Above. Okay. And um, it, it's really just a song uh, to me. It really looks at your past and then it looks at, at, at the future. And in this case, the song was talking about how music can change your life and really help transform you but really and truly anything can be your sign from above you know if Absolutely. it is your spirituality if it is your health if it is your school it's just about finding that space and, and knowing where you come from you know mm -hmm. okay so uh, is that something that you use universally to hype you to put you in the right mental space or is that just a song that just kind of keeps you on your path on your goal yeah, it's, it's definitely a song that can do both. It can keep you on your path and it can give you that little motivation that you need to get up and do something, you know. Um, it, it, there's a lot of songs to me because I'm a, a music fanatic. 
<laughs> Nothing wrong. wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's one of the latest ones I can definitely say. I've been rotating a lot. Okay. All right. Well, I'll definitely put the link in the episode description for you guys to be able to check out what song Mikhail just uh, mentioned. And you guys can go ahead and, and click that as a part of the clickable content. But just so before we close out, um, I just wanted to ask you, Kale, what is what is next for you? What are you working on? What can we expect from you? And just let us know where we can find you. Sure. Um, well, what's next for me? Really and truly, I need to get this degree so I can get out there and make the bread. You know, <laughs> we got to get the monies, but also to make a difference in the world. Because at the end of the day, all we have is each other as a human race. And um, there's... There is power and unity. My goal has always been to eventually get out there and help people. You know, um, there are other things that I want to do outside the scheme of medicine. I would love to get involved with life coaching. Uh, you know, maybe do some business. You know, um, but really, at the end of the day, it's really about making those connections with people and making them last. Okay, nice. Uh, and yeah, and well, social media wise, uh, you can always find me on Instagram at underscore d d r m k t d. All right, so that's underscore d r m k t d. It's basically Dr. Mikhail Dorset. Yes, put it <laughs> into in the, the universe. Show. Put it in the universe, please. Because yeah, exactly. My little brother is going to be a doctor. Just so everybody knows. Yes. That's what we want. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So just so, um, okay, so that's good. You did that part. I'm just going to close out quickly. But before I do, thank you so much, Kale, for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and, you know, sharing all of the tips and tricks about what's, what's happening with education and what to expect and what the differences are between Trinidad and Canada. Big, vast differences. So, hoping that you know you do excel and you're you're able to come out here and and practice or go to the uk whichever you'd love and and just do what you love as you love so most definitely thank you so much for having me sash this was a great time what you're doing here is really amazing your content is mind-blowing and i look forward to listening to this podcast and the many others in the future thank you so much you've added to the mind-blowing content Like people are gonna be amazed by, I guess, just your excellence alone. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. Just to say, super proud of you to be able to follow your dream and consistently stick with it, and not letting anybody lead you off your track. So, continue. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Okay, so I I'm hope just to help others do the same thing. Absolutely, and I'm really hoping that you guys are all listening. Education is key. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And there you have it. That was such a dope conversation. Thank you so much, Mikhail, for coming by and stopping by at Stat Radio. Um, that was an amazing conversation. And I'm so happy to hear that, you know, you're following your dreams and your goals. And oh, my God, medical school. That's like such an amazing accomplishment. Super proud of you. Anyone out there that's listening that understands why it's so important to support your loved ones, your friends as well. Um, when they're they're trying to you know get their education further their education it's so important to be a part of their support system Um, we all want to become better and through education it is definitely an option so let's make sure we stick to that support system and be there for our loved ones and our friends and our family 
I also want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at sdatradiopodcast and join our Facebook group for the latest updates on episodes and guests and their contact information. If you have a question, you can submit comments under the episode on the podcast platform that you're listening to. You also have the option to leave us a digital voice message through our Anchor platform. All followable links and clickable content are provided in our episode description. And if you like the content that you're hearing, support our podcast by clicking the link in our description to support our show by providing a small donation to keep us going. Thank you for rocking with us and tune in next week and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace. Star Radio.